Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. In this podcast, we are going to talk about Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and it's going to be a review. There's going to be a lot of spoilers if you have not played the game. We recommend not to listen to this podcast, but enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Trevor? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just surviving this crisis. Good, man. Same here, brother. Same here. So in this episode, we are going to talk about, the. I think, in my opinion, it's probably one of the game of the year, one of the, one of the game of the year so far, I mean. Yeah, so far, and yeah. it's a top contender. Yeah, so far. Great, great reviews, you know, for old fans and new fans. And the game I'm talking about is Final Fantasy VII, the remake. And um, I know I beat it the first time around. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, and you beat it the yeah, first time around. Yeah, I finally finished it earlier this week. Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of those games that we both would highly anticipate, you know, because it, it took, like, what, 10 years since they announced it? Well, probably since they, they announced, announced it, yeah. yeah. And say, well, when it's coming out, I mean, they show like a trailer of of the first scene of the original, right? Right. And so I'm like, oh man, it's coming out, and I know ten years later, we got it <laughs> during the pandemic, yeah. <laughs> all things, right? Yeah, plenty of time to play it, baby. Plenty of well, time. for the for those who don't have to go to work, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, plenty of time, out, man, my friend. Plenty of time. So for um for my audience. If you don't know what Final Fantasy VII is, I'm I'm going to Trevor to explain it more than I can because he's more of I don't say more of a fan, but he played more Final Fantasy games than I have in my life. Right. right. Now. Okay. So first of all, if you haven't heard of it, push that rock above you up, <laughs> and then climb out of the hole. <laughs> no. So Final Fantasy VII, the original version, came out in 1997. Um, it was one of the launch titles for the original PlayStation oh, 1. That's right. Um, and it, it was one of those ones that boasted... Um, sp- did my sound suddenly go off or something? Yeah, I was probably did. Yeah. Oh, you, you hear it now? Okay, yeah, I can hear a little bit better. Yeah, you hit... Oh, there you go. Yeah, I you hit it. my plug. I hear it. Okay, sorry. Um, so, yeah, it, um, it was one of those ones that boasted what the... Uh, the graphical capabilities of the PlayStation could do with the amount of size and everything like that. So back in the day, it was like amazing to look at. You yeah. look at it now, it's a bunch of little blocks. <laughs> <guys. laughs> I mean, some of the CG is still, it's still pretty good, but it's definitely more cartoony CG. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's, it kind of helped advance a lot of other things and raised it to a new level of what, a lot of companies tried to do well go, i mean i'm sorry to cut you off but fast forward you know after that game came out i know square it was called square soft at the time it was square soft at the now time. It's, it's called square enix right and uh, at the time there was a time saying that oh you know what this dude uh, um so someone of a sequel to the game and they actually put out a movie 
And as to me, that's like the groundwork for what we got now as far as the graphic goes, you know. Advent Children. Advent, Advent, yeah. Well, I mean, first I think there was um, the Final Fantasy movie. Do you remember that one? Oh, that was god-awful. Yeah. Um, that one... I mean, the graphics were really good for right. most of it. Uh, you know, there were a few that were, you could kind of tell the model, the character models, the people working on it, you know, didn't quite have the budget as like the main characters. But for the most part, it was graphically pretty impressive. But only in the story, The story itself was pretty terrible. <laughs> dude, it was awful, man. I think the voice actor was Donald Sutherland was one of the voice actors in that movie, dude. Yeah, I think he was. Yes. <laughs> I think I think Ming Na Wen or whatever was the main Ming. character. Yeah. Um I wanna say it was was it Alec Baldwin who yes, played? Yes, it was. It? But it he was. looked like Ben Affleck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, it's all about trial and error, dude. That that had nothing to do with the video game whatsoever, the no. franchise whatsoever. No, but the thing with Final Fantasy games is that each one is different. Right. It c- takes place in a completely different world. It re, you know, it's it's kind of its own new thing, you know, a whole new slew of characters, whole new world. Sometimes it's fantasy, sometimes it's steampunk, sometimes it's more modern. Yeah, you know, they change it up each time. Right. Um, and then so Final Fantasy VII came out, and it was like a huge hit. It was kind of um, the original Final Fantasies, like one through six, were pretty much for hardcore fans of RPGs and stuff. Right. They were big, but they weren't huge. Final Fantasy VII kind of exploded RPGs onto the scene. And that was the first one I ever played. I right. mean, I didn't know anything prior to that. And I was I was, I was taken by the graphics at the time. Like, this is cool, right? right. <laughs> but like you say, look at it now, like, ugh. It doesn't age well at all. None of it. No, nah, the graphics don't. don't, don't but, but you know, yeah. but, it's, the, but the story did though. The story is still fantastic. Yeah, it is. You know, it it's is. like some of the twists and turns. You know, with the characterization of Cloud, and of course, you know, the fate of Aerith and all that other stuff. Although, if you remember, originally she was called Eris uh, yeah. in the original version, but the Japanese version was Aerith, and so then it slowly transitioned to that, right. figure, which I like better than Eris anyway. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Eras. Eras. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of those games I was completely obsessed with when I was in. That and was my junior year of college. college. Same for me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I must have played that game through like five or six times in the course of that one year. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So there was actually what three discs for that? Three discs. Yeah. Okay. So the first disc took place completely in Midgar, right? Uh, um, which was the main city. And that's that's what the remake handles because the remake is only part one of I don't know how many parts yeah. maybe two maybe three right um, so it basically just takes that first disc that takes place all in the city of Midgar and that's what Final Fantasy VII remake is yeah it's a hundred hundred gigabytes man <laughs> like, right whoa it's, yeah it's a pretty big file it's a big file man um, but it's a uh, I was. As I've been playing it more, um, trying to get some of the achievements, like the nine, you know, the nine different dresses and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. You know, you're playing through some of the chapters again, but then you're just like, okay, well, let's just skip the cutscenes, and so you can tell when it, you can sort of tell when it transitions right. to a cutscene, but sometimes you can't. And I've been watching as it does how seamless it is. Yeah, we talked about that in the previous podcast about when right. we played in the demo. 
and not playing the entire game, you're right. It seems it just goes right into it. It's like it, it literally it just like the camera kind of pans in or whatever, and then without changing anything, suddenly you're in the cutscene, right? And you're like, whoa, <laughs> yep. It's it didn't look any different. The only thing you can tell is sometimes when it's like one of those hard coded cutscenes, because mm-hmm. normally a lot of games you see these days when when it goes to a cutscene. It knows which items you're carrying, like which weapon, what thing, you know. In this case, it also knows what materia you have in certain slots. So it'll show those specific ones. And if you don't have a materia, you'll see it's empty. Mm -hmm. So it notices that. But there are a couple hard-coded ones where suddenly Cloud has his buster sword again. What was that? Sorry, my finger accidentally (laughs) went the metal on the desk. So um, Sound effects. Right. So sometimes you'll see he has his buster sword, which is kind of like, it throws you off for a second, but yeah, because yeah. we are telling spoilers right now if you haven't played the game. But like you said with the Buster Sword, because in the boss fight in the last chapter, you can see it when he's fighting. Right, Sephiroth. it happens a lot at the it's end. Yeah, you know? and I mean it may happen at the beginning, but since you start with the Buster Sword, you may not even notice. Right. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting, man. But I know when I first got this game, and we, I think we was talking about it, that as hardcore fans. We were sticking to the original story that was in the original game, right? But in this remake, well, hold on, let's let's right. let's talk about everything else. Yeah, we'll right. get to spoilers later. Yeah, that right. way, people who want to hear about you know our opinions and the battle system right. and stuff can do that before getting spoiled. Well, what do you think about the um, the battle system? Okay, so yeah, the battle system. When I first played the demo, I was like, "This is going to be hard. Right. Um, it's kind of chaotic, but." As you start to get used to it, I really enjoy it. It's, you know, it's fun. It still can be kind of tricky sometimes trying to control three players when you actually have to mash the buttons to attack or to, you know, to um, switch to block or yeah. And then you can switch. And I always get the, like, I'll hit the, I'll go to hit the block and then I'll switch characters Mm -hmm. instead. Or, you know, I think the one that gets me all the time is the, when you lock onto an enemy, the target lock. uh And then you want to switch which guy you're targeting. Well, sometimes I'll accidentally hit the D-pad and switch characters. I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted to do. And <laughs> so I still sometimes it, it throws me off like that. But it is it is pretty cool. So it's it's basically each character has their own set of skills. Right. And essentially what you do is it's not like the normal RPG command menu that pops up and then you know you have to wait your turn and then tell them what to do. You basically can just attack, you know, and it's a, it's a bug flew across my oh, face, okay. man. Like, what the hell is that? So, yes, you're basically just hitting the buttons to actually attack yeah. um, as you go along. And then you can block to, you know, to reduce the amount of damage you or take dodge. or roll, roll out of the dodge, way. Yeah. But that I found that doesn't work too often. There's only certain things it works well with. It Most of the time, it's better to just dodge or block. Mm-hmm. Um, Perry. Yeah. Pa- Perry yeah. is the rolling one. one yeah. yeah. Um, but... Um, but then each character themselves has their own special skill yeah. if you hit the triangle button. So Clouds is Punisher mode, mm-hmm. which allows him to become a lot stronger. He moves slower, um, but he's a lot more powerful when he when he hits. He does get trapped a little bit more in... The swinging of the like, sword. Yeah, he'll yeah. swing a couple times, and you can sometimes get stuck in that before you can yeah, block. Yeah, the, right. the acting, yeah. But when you do block... If someone hits you with a melee attack, he will counterattack, and right. it's a powerful counterattack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrett has like an overcharge attack, which That's is just like a, a cannon. Right, it's a powerful cannon <laughs> attack. 
um, Tifa. Tifa has like an uppercut, which is really Ooh. powerful, especially late in the game. To me, man, I think she's one of the powerful characters, dude. Tifa is, she's fast and she's strong. Mm -hmm. So she's great for um, doing the stagger, yeah, which yeah. I'll talk about in a second. Right. Um, and then Aerith has the Tempest ability, which right. is kind of just a stronger like magic flying attack. But you got to hold a triangle to how to do it, though. To get a stronger, stronger one. Stronger you can one, just yeah. hit it, but yeah. So it kind of opens you up to um, a little bit of... Uh, vulnerability because it takes a little while right but um and then with the spells you have an atb gauge um you know an active time battle gauge in this one but what it does is you have you start out with you just have two uh -huh. and it before you can use a spell before you can use the specific abilities that are um specific to the characters which by the way you can get from the weapons that you get yeah that's right each weapon has its own special ability uh -huh. and then if you use it enough times while you have the weapon you can learn it permanently yeah and then when you switch weapons it's you still, still have it still right. there yeah um so that's kind of cool but uh you can't use that you can't use spells you can't use anything until you get at least one mm -hmm. and then some of them cost two atb um, right gauges yeah. but yeah. so you have to like build it up and you can only have two unless you use the uh limit break for that materia Crap, why is it called? What is it? Refocus? Refocus. Right. Which refocus. then gives you three. So they're smaller, so it charges up faster, and now you have three. Yeah, I'll get it at the cloud. But, yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to get the limit break in order to do it. So I don't really use it very and, often. Because, you know, that's a difference. Because in an original, I think, was it like you have to limit break in the command um, list, right? You also had it. But did, was it build up, though? At the, limit break in the original, original. In the original Final Fantasy VII. They work differently for yeah. all the different Final Fantasy games. Yeah. But in the original Final Fantasy VII, it was the amount of damage you took. I thought so. Because on this right here now, yeah. on the remake, it's, it's uh, how many times you hit the damn person or whatever. It seemed like to me it builds up every time you, like... It Attack. might be. I thought it was damage because is it damage? yeah, because when I was fighting the Hell House yeah. and I was using mostly Aerith, she was taking a walloping. Right. But Cloud couldn't hit the guy mostly, so I had to use her. Oh, so I kept a... healing her, but she got to the limit break like twice. I hate that so. fucking Hell House, man. He's a lot easier oh. when you're higher <laughs> level and you're playing on normal difficulty. Yeah. Man, he was a bitch. But yeah, was he was bitch. one of the worst enemies in the game. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a cool system, you know. You be able to, you know, you can do the block, you can do the attack, you know, you can do special moves. I do wish um, the ATB gauge would charge a little bit better Quicker. when you're not using uh, a character when he's not the active character. I kind of agree. It with charges you. really slowly. Yeah. Um, so you have to switch often, or you have to start getting more accessories. Like or, the first attack material or the whistle wind scarf. Or the ATB kind of, boost material. Right, that yeah. kind of helps it go faster. Because that's what I did with Barrett. I put um, I put an ATB boost. On, yeah, I put an ATB yeah. boost on him. And also with Tifa, too. Yeah, although Barrett, when you're using him, when he's active, he charges that Quickly. thing up fast. Yes. Because I use overcharge a lot, too. And that helps right, a lot. Right, that'll, that'll build it. But just like when you use his normal attacks... Yeah. He'll just kind of shoot, and then his last shot is just kind of is a powerful one. Yeah, and that like is half a half a charge or something. Later in the game, I use him. I had a hard time. I had Aerith. Um, I'm kind of saying some spoilers, but Aerith and Barry was in the building, and they separated. Oh yeah, that one. That Ooh. that was one of the harder bosses, Dude, or at least was, a long fight. Was, oh, no. I never got that guy to stagger. Me either. Right. So okay, so let's talk about stagger. Mm -hmm. um, stagger was actually originally from, was it? I think it was Final Fantasy 13 2. With it Thunder, may have right? Been in that. Or Lightning? 
Yeah, or it may have been Lightning Returns. I don't remember which one it appeared in first. Right. And maybe it was Lightning Returns. Actually, a lot of the way this one is built is built off of the back of um, the Final Fantasy Thirteen games. Right. Um, the style of play, you know, the attacking, the stagger gauge, things like that, only it's kind of perfected it a little bit more. Right. Um, so basically stagger, what it is, is as you attack uh, a char- uh, an enemy's weakness, it's you can kind of start to pressure it, which means you can now use attacks to kind of build up its pressure gauge. Uh-huh. And then when it get, the gauge gets full, it gets staggered, which means now it's down. Yeah. And that's and, like well and, known. <laughs> and, more, and more vulnerable. Yeah. So that's when you can do like some major damage yeah, without it counterattacking. I think that was a plus for the, like, those games anyway. I, mean, I like the stagger. I did not like it in Lightning Returns because I yeah. found it so hard to get a stagger on right. a lot of enemies. So but they, in this one, it does work they better. They improved it. As long as you can figure out their weaknesses, yeah. And that's good because you have a material that's called assets and you can see the weakness of it. Right. And that's a good thing to have too. I mean... Yeah, so once you get used to it, I really do like the the battle system. I think it's really fun. And I'm looking forward to trying it out on hard mode. Oh, God. Because hard mode, all the enemies are going to be your level. And also, you can't use items. Oh, you got to use items, your magic and Items your are locked. But I think also magic points don't naturally... Like when you sit at a bench, I don't think you can replenish magic points. Just hit points. So... It's one of those ones where you really need to conserve so, your right. magic points as well. So everything is physical as, as far as attacks. For the most, most part, part yeah, yeah. You want to save it for healing and you know use like prayer and things like that yeah. instead that don't cost magic points. Damn. Um, so, yeah, it's <laughs> – but you have to have a mastery of the – uh, the combat system in order to do that because yeah. you'll be doing a lot of blocking and attacking and counteract you know counterattacks and stuff like that Ooh, so okay i'm looking forward to that one dude <laughs> so it'll be Sheesh. it'll be fun um, um i know you i'm like, looking I forward you, to it i know you looking even though forward i don't really like when games get too hard <laughs> i like to enjoy a game i don't like to be I, frustrated by a game I, 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 I rage quick you know i'm rage quit yeah because you know i did the batman arkham um nightlight that i had to stop playing the damn game man, right because it made it so difficult I like to play a game, not be frustrated, man. That's the reason I'm playing a video game to enjoy right, it. Exactly. It's you know, I'm I'm doing it to kind of take a break from all the shittiness of the world. Yeah, right. I do. I'm not. I'm, I'm not the one of those guys that throws his fucking controller in the TV in the wall. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got control on that. But yeah, but yeah, like I said, the stagger thing. I really I, I like the stagger um mechanics. I like that in this game and like you said it did make some improvements in this game from the previous game right was it like the in 15 um there was no stagger in 15 oh, okay um yeah 15 was a little bit different but the the attacking just outright attacking right was the same okay you know you would attack and you know you really only controlled noctis in 15 oh, okay the other guys were there as support um oh. yeah Damn. he was the only one you could actually control oh okay um, he was the one who also had all the cool attacks. So you <laughs> wanted course. to use him because he could do those like where he shoots towards it and he kind of does that blur thing right. where he like transports. Yeah, the others couldn't because they didn't have that ability. That was his whole thing is he was born as this special. I still haven't got that game yet. Yeah, as a special character. And you find out near the at the end what that means, though. It's not what you think it means. Right? Oh, okay. So... But that one's a cool one. So, yeah, play Final Fantasy XV, too. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this one's a lot more like thirteen. And the one thing I do find funny about this game is that, you know, everybody's going on about how great Final Fantasy VII is, you know, ten, you know, ten stars or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah, ten yeah. out of ten. And 
you know, 9.5 out of 10 and five stars <laughs> and all that other stuff. But what I find funny is a lot of people criticized Final Fantasy 13 because it was too linear until you got to the end where it's the oh, open yeah. world. This game is almost completely linear. Right. You know, you except for the side quests and chapter 14 is a lot more open. You can travel between the different sectors. Yeah, yeah. But for right. the most part, it locks you in an area and you, you can't, can't leave that area. That's true. It, You're right about yeah, that. It stops you. But the plus side is once you're done with the game, going, what I'm about to say, you can actually do the chapter select. You can just go back and Right, you can go chapter. back to the specific, specific ones, ones, but it still keeps you on the rails. That's it's true. It's not like you can look around or anything or suddenly play with more characters who weren't in the original scenario. You're still locked with everything that was in that scenario. And yeah, it is true. You're right about that. Right. But, I mean, I was fine with it, but I also didn't mind Final Fantasy thirteen being a little bit linear because it kind of introduced you to the characters and as much of the world as it could naturally. Well, I will say about it. It Final Fantasy thirteen was a little too much. Like, hey, go read the uh, <laughs> go read the notes in order to figure out what's going on in this game. Which was that's not how you tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that in Final Fantasy seven remake, the side characters man had more more of a role, a pivotal role in this. Right, and it was not like that in the original, and that's the difference. Because like I said, that I'm I'm going ahead now is that. We, you cannot go back to the original and say, oh, man, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's called a remake for a reason. Right. <laughs> so so there are going to be some changes. Right. And and I think one of the main differences that they had to do, well, one, because it wasn't going to be the entire game. So no. they wanted to expand it a little bit and, you know, uh, give it more content. But the thing you can get away with when you're using blocky style animation <laughs> and, you know, a little bit more anime style characterizations and stuff like that is that you can get away with the absurd. You're right. Right. And people are just kind of like, Oh, it's a video game and it, it looks like a cartoon anyway. So sure. There's flying fish in the Shinra building. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, or, you know, they'll act kind of weird and you're like, well, he's acting kind of dopey, but you know, that seems a little out of character, but like, he's a cartoon. They act like that sometimes. Right. But this one was a lot more realistic. Right. The characters look like real people. They, you know, it's so you have to be more real. You know, you can't suddenly have somebody going, Ooh, you know, acting like a clown all of a sudden, like doo, 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 yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you had to make sure that the enemies made sense in the complete the environment and, you know, that sort of thing. And which is so, yeah, one the one of the things they definitely did with that was that they expanded the characterization on not only the side characters, but a lot of the main characters, too. Yeah, they did. Like, Cloud progresses a lot in this game. He, yeah, you're um, right. Which he normally didn't do in the original one because he had the whole game to progress his character. Right. But this one, we saw a lot of growth in him just from the beginning to when they leave Midgar at uh -huh. the end. And I, that, that's, that's a plus too also, dude. And uh, I, I agree with you with Cloud because it was a progression. Because even <laughs> even with Jesse hitting on him, flirting at the time. Oh, uh, yeah, she was throwing herself dude, at him. Like, really? I, but, yeah, I really liked Jesse though. I hope, so. she, I hope she's alive, you know, <laughs> whatever they do. Yeah. But, yeah, but I... To me, man, um, one of my one of my favorite characters I like is T Tifa, man. Mm -hmm. I like her, and as a matter of fact, she's easy on the eyes on the game too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of my favorite characters. I, I like Cloud too. Don't get me wrong. I like all the characters, but to me, man, she she's the most powerful one, and she had more of um, she what's the 
emotionally, man. She her story. We got to see a lot more of how conflicted she is about right. this whole thing. Because basically, Avalanche are terrorists. They really are. Um, so you are part of Avalanche, or well, you're hired by Avalanche, which um, is Barrett. He's the leader. And then there's a couple side characters who, in the original game, you got to know them a little bit. Right. Um, there was Jesse. There's Biggs and, and Wedge. Yeah. Of course, every Final Fantasy game, they always throw a Biggs and a Wedge in there. Right. Which, if you're a Star Wars fan, you know they were two of the two of the characters. Well, Wedge shows up a lot, um, but Biggs was one of the main characters in not main characters, one of Luke's friends in the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. Uh huh. Um, Biggs and Wedge were his two wingmen when he was going down the trench road. Oh, that's true. That's right. right. So, um, so that because there's a lot of references to Star Wars in the Final Fantasy games, um, you know, with like hey, love some Star Wars. Yep. Um, there's there's always a Biggs and a Wedge. Yeah, because you no, know, in her dialogue, man, back and forth, and like you said, Avalanche is a terrorist group. But then when they get to the building and they see the people working, it's just not the soldiers and stuff like that, the Turks. Right. And she said, these people are actually making a living. And that's what you're talking about, the conflict she has with that. Right. Because, you know, it's their their goal is is a just goal. Because yeah. basically what Shinra is doing, Shinra is a, a company. Right. And they've gotten really big to the point where they've kind of taken over the government. Because what they do is they suck um, the life force out of the planet which, climate control, right? Climate which change. turns it, yeah. This is very, this is, yeah, very. Um, it, it it sucks the life force out of the planet and then can be used as power, right? For like you know, powering electricity, powering you know, all sorts of stuff. So that's what they're using. But by using the life force of the planet, they're basically killing the planet, right? You know, at an accelerated rate. So what? Um, and so it's. The theme of Final Fantasy VII in general was life. That was what the the creator of it, when he originally made it, that right. was what his theme. Because I think he said his mother had passed away shortly before he started coming up with the concept for that. So he had been thinking about life and death and stuff a lot. And that was where this one came from. So definitely the planet itself is alive. Oh, uh, yeah. And they are basically killing it by sucking the life force, which when people die their souls go into the planet. So, you right. know, it's kind of the whole... Um, Circle of life. Yeah, exactly. So, Circle of life, yeah. Yeah, the people die, they feed the planet, right. the planet then produces more, that right. sort of thing. Only this is like actual... You can see them as like wisps of green and, yeah. you know, like souls and whatever <laughs> going into the planet. Um, and so they're just in that they're trying to save the planet, but at the same time they're bombing reactors, which is getting people killed, it's hurting people, it's destroying property. So it is a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. So you can see how it can be very conflicting for someone like Tifa, who she wants to fight for the cause, but she doesn't want to hurt people. Right. And then the more she gets involved, the more she realizes that there's some people who work at this company who so, are just trying to do jobs. And Barrett will justify it as, well, they know they're working for evil. But it's not always that's black and white. That's right. Yeah. And I, that was because Barrett is, <laughs> he's a blowhard, man. Barrett is Barrett, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, in the original Final Fantasy game, he was a little too much of a black stereotype. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit better in this, but because he's so headstrong and bullish and very, you know, like always shouting about saving the planet, yeah. blah, blah, you know. You couldn't really change a whole lot without changing his character completely, which, you know. Yeah, he's cursing more in this one than in the original. Well, everybody Every, is, Yeah, they so. did, man. Yeah. Like, wow. I was just noticing that, like, 
even Cloud said, bitch. He said, damn. Like, yeah, okay. well, one of, and one of his moves, like I was saying, I think it's Infinity's End or whatever. When he does it, he's like, you know, take this asshole. <laughs> like every time. That's like what he says when he does it. So yeah. or at least maybe that was just at the end when I kept using it. Um, Dude, it's just, I would just like, I'm like, whoa, really? This. They're doing a lot of profanity in this one, dude. Right. But, you know, so, yeah, it is nice. It's like they have Tifa, who's very conflicted, and we can see that a little right. bit more, and we can understand her conflict. And then I, I like Aerith is one of my favorites. Right. So um, I liked I liked how kind of flirty and just kind of... She's very positive. She in, is. In the dire situation that right. was going on, in which I think the team need that, because she's always looking at the glass, the glass with half full. Right. And so... She's very optimistic. She's optimistic. She's flirty. She's like that whole scene when she first meets Cloud and they're like traipsing on the roof and stuff like yeah. that is always fun. You know, the little the little banter. And then when they're fighting the monsters going through that little back section because yeah. they have to avoid the Turks, you know, where she's going like um, – where I think he says that, you know, enemies go after the weak or whatever. Right, yeah. And then at one point they they all attack her and you have to go, you know, just hit him. And she still fights. But, you know, she's like, this must be a new breed. And he's like, what makes you say that? And she's like, because they went after me. And usually they go after the weak ones. <laughs> you know, she had a like, sense of humor. They gave her right. a sense of humor. So, yeah, she's, she's very, you know, like chipper and optimistic. and But the one thing that it's the first, the original game kind of made it was like, not that she was perfect, but that she was very angelic. Right, right. Yeah, and the right. nice thing about this game is that they switched that. Like, right at the beginning when they're traipsing over the roofs after the church scene, like, she's climbing up that ladder and it starts to break. Yeah. You know, and she suddenly has to jump and catch and she's like, shit. <laughs> and you're like, well, did Eric just swear? Yeah. And, you know, and she'll do that and she'll be like, that sucks. Or, like, later when she's talking about Hojo, she's like, I really hate that man. Right. You know, it's like stuff like that where it's like, She's more of a, a rounded character. She's not just this perfect angel. You right. can see that, you know, she's optimistic and she, you know, she looks forward. And even though she knows some things are bad and there's a sense that she kind of knows what the future holds for her or knows more than she lets on, she still always tries to be positive about right. things. And I think that was a nice dynamic for her, for Cloud's character. Well, I think she's really yeah, ideal for, for character, character, Cloud for, because she yeah. pushes him to kind of come out of his shell. Yeah, and it, it works out fine in the game. Because like you said, for him, it's more progression, man, because he left his city, left his town to become a soldier. And, you know, a soldier's supposed to be the elite of the Shinra um, army, isn't right, it? The, yeah. Yeah, so, and, I, and the, 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 the thing I like so much about this is that they are showing images of the bad guy, which is Sephiroth, right? Right. And it's never was in in the original. So you see flashes, and he's seeing his man in front of him because Sephiroth, he's supposed, to, he's supposed to have been like the biggest, baddest soldier out there, right? right. And all of a sudden, and, he disappears. Well, five years ago, he suddenly went mad yeah. and slaughtered and burned down an entire village, which was Cloud and Tifa's home, home village, yeah. um, and then just disappeared. And he was presumed dead. Yeah, so Cloud is actually having like flashes. And he, you know, he he trying to figure out is this mind playing tricks on me or he's really there, and you right. kind of figure what, as the game progresses that he's there, and, you know, because on those well, what was the thing the the, the the whispers the whispers yeah I think there was someone's actually like subjects test subjects wasn't they they might be but there's the original in the original game um, 
there are the clones, which That's are the right. test subjects, and they all have those tattooed numbers because I think there were like 50 of them or right. something, or maybe 100. I don't remember the number. But they were all Sephiroth clones, right. and they were part of Hojo's experiments to recreate Sephiroth. Um, that's Hojo. what they were. But, of course, they're all just kind of mindless zombies. But they can still act a certain way because they have Genova cells in them. Right. And, you know, which gets more complicated than even the remake gets to because <laughs> that's later in the original game. Right. But we do see those clones with the tattooed numbers and stuff. Um, and those tend to show up when Sephiroth does, which to me, it suggests that... Um, that Sephiroth can manifest himself from them. Right, right. Um, Kind of like in Advent Children when Kadaj suddenly became Sephiroth. Right. um, Because he was was a clone of sorts of Sephiroth. Um, But it's it's that type of thing. But yeah, in this game, we didn't really learn much about Sephiroth. We heard about him in passing, mostly through Midgar. But it wasn't until you got to the end of the Shinra building, you know, near the end of your time in Midgar, Uh that Sephiroth suddenly became an active thing, you know, participant. Yeah. That suddenly we were like, oh, shit, there's his sword. <laughs> he just killed somebody, you know, so he's around. That's a we don't, long yeah, sword, man. We don't actually meet him until much later, but we now know he's a significant player. But in this game, right in Chapter 2, right after that first bombing, he suddenly shows, shows up, up on the streets and leads Cloud down this back alley. And, and that's what I'm talking right. about. That was never ever and he'll, original. And he'll, he keeps popping up every now and then to kind of, you know, play mind tricks with him. And, yeah. But then the mind tricks stopped because he actually showed up when all of them were together. And they saw it, when they saw him walking on the uh, walkway towards the right. uh, thing. And then he was there. Right. But that may not be him. That right. may be one well, of the clones, clones manifesting right. itself because that's what it seemed to suggest at the end. Right. Um, after the after the building when Rufus shows up around that time, oh, I hate uh, that damn. Uh, yeah. So, so there it expands more on that. It expands more on the side characters. So we really get to know Jesse and Biggs and Wedge um, a lot more. So you really feel for their fates. Even even for the just the um the MP no, the NPCs. Yeah, they had a long conversation with Cloud and the rest of the group, like Mar Marlene Mar Marley Mar- Marlene Marlene, not the, the older woman. Oh, Marley. Marley, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if she was in the first one. I don't remember she her. She was in the first one. I'm saying. No. I'm saying they added more characters, and right. they, they had more of a, you spoke to them more than the other NPCs in the original. Right. So they, they kind of helped root things so that when the plate was dropped, when you blew up these reactors and people's lives were affected, you know, yeah. like the train suddenly stops, now all these people are stuck. They can't get home or, you know, they can't go to work the next day or, you know, it just kind of throws their whole lives in disarray. You see the impact when the plates dropped and now every, you know, people have to escape and a lot of them are dead and the rest of them are like, well, that was my home. You know, I'm missing. Where's my buddy? I don't, you know, you see the impact of these things happening. And the crazy part, when you're passing by those NPCs, you hear the conversation. Right. They have. Yeah. Now, that was pretty new, too. Yeah. Which is nice because you don't have to go and talk to everybody. Right. But as you run by, you can hear the, what they're saying and they'll show it up on the little screen just in the corner. You can see the conversations. <laughs> flashing. It's funny when you pass someone and say, hey, Tiva, how you doing? I'm like, really, dude? Yeah. Oh, that go to Merc right there. That's yeah, that stuff like that and whispering. And, and one thing was, in, one guy was like talking to a woman. So what you doing tonight? I'm like what the hell? Yeah, yeah I'm sure there's a bunch of yeah. <laughs> if you stick around in certain places, I'm sure you'll hear certain conversations. Like in the Wall Marketplace, yeah. man, that was ridiculous. The time a dude was puking his guts out. I said, you gonna be looking over here, dude? Like, like talking shit like that. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
and that's the difference, man. It, the interaction with the NPCs and just the the whole experience of yeah, it. Yeah, it feels more like a real world. Yeah. You know, there there's other people who aren't really necessarily connected to you. They're just kind of around, but you hear mm-hmm. overhear their conversations. Conversation, yeah. You know, when things happen, you start to understand the impact and feel the impact that they're now feeling and the situation they're in. Because usually in these games, you're like the hero and you run around killing stuff. And it's like, but what about the, you know, what about the guy who just <laughs> is an average Joe? It's like, what's, you know, what's this doing to his life? Yo, that's funny because, you know, the Ryan Reynolds movie coming out. Oh, yeah. He's an NPC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. What happened to those guys, you know? Right. And that's the same thing for him because you actually hear that conversation pat like passing through, you know. And when you bump into them, they be looking at you like, what you, what you? Uh, yeah. I, I noticed that you bump and they look at you. I strange. do find it so funny sometimes, like as you're running around or when other people are running around, they'll just bump into each other and kind of like look at each other. And sometimes it's just like you're following a kid and he just like rams over everybody. <laughs> Like just because the timing happens, or like they cross paths and like whack into each other, it's just it's yeah, very amusing. It, it, it is, man. I mean, <laughs> it, it really is. I like it. I mean, that's the difference. And I mean, and another thing is that is they the side quests, man. Right. That that was a big. I'm having a problem with some of the side quests right now, dude. Oh, are you? Oh, the. I mean, well, the main side quests. Oh, the main side are quests. usually fine. fine, fine. But I'm talking about after you've done the like main... the little game, game ones, ones where you yeah. can do, like, more difficult challenges of them, like the yeah. pull-ups and yeah. the squats and the dark game and the, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Those can, those can be tricky. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm having a hard time doing it now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I managed to get those. The pull-ups were the ones that killed me the most. Um, squats was no problem. I was pretty good at that one. It took me literally five to get all three... Um, well, I would say I would say this about this game: if it's you know for the play, PlayStation Four, Xbox, whatever, the trophy. Would you try to get your trophies, man? It's, it's not too hard, but it's the time consume. It's the time you got to do it. It takes for it was like going to take two or three, four plays to do it. Right, because you have there's like four of them that are specific to hard mode. Yeah, um, the hard so mode. you can't get them unless you play hard mode. And I do not like the hard mode on most games. Right. We just said it earlier. I just don't like it. But there are some other ones. Like there's there's a scene. Um, if you've played the original game, you know in the wall market, um, you need to get a nice fancy dress. Yeah. Because um, Tifa and Aerith and then Cloud is going to dress up as a woman to go into the mansion. Right. And so in this game, depending on earlier choices, each character has three different dresses. Right. Um, and depending on what you do in the game will determine which dress they're wearing. And one of the trophies is get all nine dresses, which <laughs> means you have to play the game the first time through and then go and chapter select and play those chapters again, doing the different choices or not doing quests or only doing a certain number of quests and... And then when and then you slowly get all of them. So that was a little time consuming, but man, um, that's a lot, dude. Yeah, but you know, it's it's a great, it's a good game, man. I really enjoyed it. Now, now we already said a little bit of spoilers already right. for the. So game. yeah, now let's start talking about the about the difference in how they ended the game compared to the original game, man. Right. Now in the remake. They changed up the way it ended by the battles, the battle between Sephiroth and the, the group. Right. It was a big difference was in that right, right. there. Because as we've said, Sephiroth didn't even appear at this uh-uh. point in the first in no, the original game. He did not. He, it was at the last the last disc. 
Well, yeah, that's when the battle, battle is, but yeah, yeah, it isn't really until the last disc that you really actually start seeing him. In an original, right. Right. And this, or, Well, not the last disc, because the last disc is just the fight down in the... Uh, when you start going underground. Underground, that's yeah. right. When the comet is coming, right? Right. Right, okay. But in the remake, you actually got the... Man, I hate this, man. You had to go through Rufus. Ugh. Rufus, then you had to go through another... <laughs> Chapter 17, 18 of this game, man, was the longest. Yeah. Because of the bosses, man. Because you, once you be Rufus, you just separated from the group. Now, you have Barrett right. so, and... Well, yeah, you, they, the group separates. So Cloud fights Rufus on his own on the roof. Yes. And then once that is done... Now let me backtrack for a second. Okay. No. Once you get to the building, Sephiroth kills the president. And in the, the twist, he kills Barrett, right. which was not in the original. Right. And that was new. So then after that, you got to fight the was Genova, whatever that... What was that? Whispers? Was it Whispers they were fighting? Well, first, first you fight the thing there. Once yeah, you fight that. Yeah, that monster or whatever tentacles. that comes from the. What, yeah, um. the fucking tentacles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that one. Then you had to fight Rufus. Rufus. Then once then, you got to fight the machine with Barrett and and, and Eric, Eric. Yeah. and that took forever. Yeah, and then that thing was just tough. You could not tough. stagger that thing, dude. Once you once you get in the sights when they do this cannon. And then it shot the fire. You couldn't go nowhere. It trapped you right there. Right. I'm like, this is some bullshit, man. Yeah. Well, at the end there, luckily I was hurting it enough. Yeah. And, you know, and they're like, we have no cover. We have to charge. I was like, <laughs> firing everything I had. I managed to get him before. Dude, he got I died us. like many times doing playing that thing, man. Yeah. So you had to deal with that. And then after that, then you finally get to the um the I guess the the clones, the whispers. They kind of came together, and you right, finally, the, the arbiters, the of arbiters faith. of faith, yeah. Which I found that kind of like weird. I want, I want okay, to show. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the things that you, other than Sephiroth showing up, one of the things that is really different about this game from the original is that the first time you meet Aerith, there's suddenly these ghost-like wraith things. Right. Basically, they look like a bunch of you know hooded figures. Without, you know, without feet or whatever and no faces. It's just black inside the hood flying around. And they're just kind of flying around her and kind of annoying her. And then they kind of force her to run away when you after while you're having a conversation with Cloud uh, while she's and that's the first time we see her see them. And then they come again later and they start attacking, you know, Barrett's group before they're going to go on the second mission. And um, and then they show up. When you meet Aerith in the church again, and yeah. they just they, they just kind of well, yeah, and then they just kind of start popping up all the time, and you're like, what is going on here? And then on top of that, every now and then in the original game, Cloud would get like these like headache things where suddenly he'd grab his head and he'd start seeing flashes of the right. past, right? Because Cloud doesn't really remember who he is, mm-hmm. um, and we learn about that later in the original game, but it's the same here. Is that Cloud is kind of an amalgamation of two people, but he doesn't right. know it. That's right. Um, and what every now and then, when like the Sephiroth things happen, or someone mentions something that you know triggers a memory in his head, he'll get that flash and have a. Usually, he'll have a flashback, but every now and then, we suddenly see what's what we know. If you've played the original game, is a flash forward. Mm-hmm. Like he'll suddenly see something that happens later in the game. It'll usually just be a hint or something. But if you've played the game, the original game, you'll know what it means. Right. 
and that <clears throat> happens from time to time. And you're like, how is he seeing the future? Um, and then these, you know, these uh, wraith things, which we learn later when you meet Red 13, he tells you that they're called whispers. whispers. And yeah. basically what they are is they're arbiters of fate. So what you start to realize is that, like, when Barrett gets stabbed, as you mentioned, because um, you didn't say that he was still alive. Yeah, you just right, said that he, he, he gets thought he was dead. So right. he gets stabbed, but you're like, holy shit, did they just kill Barrett? <laughs> this is really different. Yeah. But you see one of the wraiths go, go in him yeah. when he gets stabbed, and then it comes out of him, and he's all healed. He's it fine. Was not his, it was not his time to go yet. Right, because what we learn is that I don't know if it's a time thing, if we're in a time loop or what it is, but basically these things act to preserve fate, the destiny, the future that's supposed to happen, and they will interfere if something is about to change the course. So, for example, that beginning that we talked about with Aerith, right. it keeps her there until Cloud shows up. Then they have their conversation, but then the conversation starts to drag. So that's when they start attacking and, you know, makes her flee mm -hmm. because they had to cut that conversation short because that's not how it originally went. You can't that's have not... them, you know, interacting for too long at that point in time. Right. Uh, but you do need them to meet because it's important for later when he falls in the church. And then when we see them attacking the avalanche group um, and they seem to be targeting Jesse specifically, you're like, why? Why are they targeting Jesse? What's so special? And then you realize later in this scenario, usually in the original game, Cloud went on the first bombing reactor and he was paid to go on the second one. So he was fine to go on it. This time, Barrett says, we're not paying you for the second one. You're, you're, you're done. done. Yeah, See you. Yeah, 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 so yeah. what it does is it targets Jesse, injures her leg, which forces them to have to get a third person, which, or, you know, which is Cloud. Oh, right. So now he's on the reactor. So fate intervened, so he went with them. And then later, you know, with the with Aerith in the church, you know, it makes sure she doesn't fall to her death. You know, when the um, the railing breaks, um, it gets in Barrett to make sure he doesn't die when Sephiroth stabs him because he's not supposed to die. Then, you know, it's that's what they're doing. Wedge tries to inter interfere at the end, and they drag him away because he's not supposed to interfere. That's not how it's supposed to go. And that's the difference in this game than an original game. Right. So it's like there was already, like the original already happened in a different timeline or, you know, and yeah. it's trying to keep the events to stay the same. Right. And then at the end, Sephiroth and Aerith both start pointing out that if we go into this vortex to fight destiny, to the, fight the arbiter of fate, what's going to happen is you don't know what the future is going to hold on the other side. Yeah. Because if you defeat fate, then they're not going to interfere with anything. And that was the crazy part, man. After you fight them and you defeat them, you defeat the whole thing, you see Zack. Now, for those who don't know, Zack in the, I guess, the Final Fantasy VII lore, mm -hmm. he's actually, I was, is Aerith's boyfriend. Right. She was, he was Aerith's Boy, first boyfriend, boyfriend. And she mentions him from time to time. Right. Uh, I don't think she ever gives him a name. No, no, she doesn't give him a name. But you right. kind of place it together, you know, who he is. Right. Because the one time she normally does tell you when you're sitting in the playground, yeah. it kind of goes to his flashback and he sees her mouth it, but you don't hear her say it. Right. And then he starts getting that headache. Um, but which also is a flash, like maybe he already knew what she was going to say, right? Because it's happened in a previous timeline. So then, you know, once you like you beat like you beat the game, you see Zach actually. What's so funny is it's it was a um, 
piece by no steel by steel from Crisis Core, which was a game for the PSP system, right? Right. When he was going up against the Shinra army. So basically, what happened was after. Um, Zach was the soldier first class right. that Cloud is now. Mm-hmm. That's who he was. Cloud didn't make it into soldier. He was just one of those normal Shinra soldiers with like That's the right. you know the it anonymous a... face masks. Right. That's all he was. He was just um, a regular you know infantry guy. He went on the mission with Sephiroth and Zach to his home village. That's right. But he kept himself he kept himself hidden the whole time except to his mom. So when he says to Tifa that it's been about five years since they met, she goes, huh? And it's because she doesn't remember him being there because he didn't show himself there. It was Zach. But the story he tells was that it was him him. because after that happens, he and Zach get taken by Hojo and they they try to use them for this Sephiroth clone project and put them in experimental tanks and them Hojo, you know, yeah, man. infuse them with gen- <laughs> with Genova cells and you know with Mako, and so Cloud gets Mako poisoning because he's never had it before, and so finally they escape like five years later, and Zack drags him back to Midgar, and as he's going, you know, Cloud is just kind of in this vegetative state, yeah. and as they're going, they get caught by a whole bunch of Shinra soldiers right outside the city, and Zack goes to take them on themselves to protect himself to take uh um, i guess claw yeah uh, to protect cloud from them right and w- what i find funny is in the original game it's just like one or two soldiers and they shoot him and it's like wow he went but, down but easy. in this game right but here. if you play crisis core uh-huh. it's like thousands of them they just keep coming and the end of that game is so spectacular when he goes out because it's tragedy it really right. is because you're fighting them and you're like, you know, it's it's like Guts from that um, Berserk, Berserk movie where yeah. it's like he fights the hundred guys and just takes them out. That's what it is. And they just keep coming and keep coming. Yeah. And then you, uh, and so then you keep, um, you just keep fighting until eventually the screen just fades to white. And yeah, to kind of be like, well, they overpowered him eventually because yeah. there were thousands of them. There was no way he was going to win this fight. Didn't matter how strong he was. And so when they, but, what they did, and right. once that that game right there then in re- in remake they show, show that, that scene they and you're like scene. oh we're now we're seeing scenes or Zach's death scene only all of a sudden it switches and he's now carrying cloud and he seems to be alive right. and he's going to go to Midgar right and see you see and they were passing by cloud and Aerith at the same time right now you pointed something out in our, in our conversation about the mascot the Shinron mascot right so one of the things you see after um after zach is victorious you see like the wind blow he's kind of out in like this desert area is what it looks like the wind blows and it blows a um a bag of potato chips and on it is this mascot called stamp who you've been introduced to through the game as like graffiti artwork everywhere He's a mascot character, but it kind of avalanche uses the graffiti as, you know, to know which way to go and where things are hidden and that sort of stuff. But the mascot we see on this bag of chips looks a little bit different from the one we've seen. The mascot in the game is like this dog that has like a hard metal military helmet on this, um, potato chip bag. on this potato chip bag he's a lot more cartoonish looking and he has like a more of a beret hat mm-hmm. he doesn't have a hard helmet so it's clearly a different uh mascot or i mean it's the same mascot but it's clearly a different design which suggests we're not in the same timeline or something has changed 
and we don't quite know what at this point because they kind of show um, Zach walking with Cloud and then Cloud and Aerith walking by. Yeah. They're passing, passing each other, but not like right next to each other. You can tell they're in different dimensions or different timelines or it's just suggesting they were both at this exact spot at one point in time. Right. Going, moving towards their destinies. But now we see Zach is alive bringing Cloud into Midgar and Zach was supposed to die. And then Cloud was supposed to take over his personality, and that's how he's become who he was. And aha, and so, go to difference. <laughs> right. So now what is this change? And yeah. that's and that's kind of what I find fascinating about it, is that this is truly a remake in several different iterations of the word. Is that it's not just a remake of the original and that improved graphics, improved story, you know, like that sort of thing, but same story. Um, but it's now it's taking this whole thing that we don't know where the next part two could go. Right. It could completely, it may follow along a similar track, but we may see things happen differently. Yeah. Characters might act differently. You know, certain characters may survive. Certain, you know, things may happen that didn't happen in the original. But, but that's the so amazing thing about it, though. I and mean, that's what I find fascinating about it. I know there's a lot of people who will be pissed off by that because they're like, oh, no, you suddenly changed the game. But it's like, well, it's a remake. We're remaking the whole storyline is basically like what it no, could mean. Remaking a damn movie or a t- you know, it's just the right. same thing. It's exactly. Just- it's which I find fascinating because it'll be nice to see something different. I've played the original. I know what the original storyline is, yeah. and it's great to see it in new graphics and you know, up upscaled and everything like that. But it's also kind of exciting to now see something that I've never seen before. Right. But no, dealing with timelines can sure be tricky, man. It can be. It's like Infinity Endgame. It's about the Avengers, right? You know, but I really, like I said, I really enjoy the game. I, I like the new direction it's going in. I, I, it's like it's, it's it's fresh. It's what it's a remake. It's, it needs something different. Even people like the older the old heads of people who played the the, the original, I I accept it. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. You know, for those who just jumped on board, the, the newcomers, it'd be something fresh for them. Right. You know, and I like like me, man. I like I love the original. I played it. You know, I know the story. Like you said, I know the storyline. I know the characters and stuff like that. I know how it ended and stuff like that. But with the remake, it's something totally different. And I can't like you. I cannot wait to see what to do next. Right. And just bringing Zach back though, I'm like, okay, are we gonna see them? Later on, later on in the game, right? Or he can be a playable character, I right? Mean, so what? Yeah, what impact is that going to have on the story going it forward? Remi- it just remind me of the um, the lightning th- lightning saga mm-hmm. uh, for the Final Fantasy thirteen, right? The the timeline and time tra- that like that, right? That put me in thinking of that game right there. So I think it's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm very um, happy that they made this game. I'm very I'm, I'm amazed by the the whole take on it. Yeah, I think they did a fantastic job. I was like eagerly anticipating this game, which of course means it could have been a huge letdown. Yeah, we waited um, 10 years. Right. I mean, it was a long wait for it. We were very excited by it, you know, and as a huge obsessive fan of the first one, you know, the original, this was, they could screw this up big time, but they did not. I loved playing this game. I have not enjoyed playing a video game as much as I have this one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Mine is a dart. And so <laughs> I, I can't wait to play it in hard mode again, and I'm going to watch all the cutscenes again. I'm just oh, going to like are, play it all the way gonna through. you going to play it all the way through? Yeah, I'm just going to go from yeah chapter 1 to chapter 18 so as you, best I can. going to say new game on hard. Well, you don't – it. 
it doesn't work that way. You just go to your the regular chapter. game, but okay. you have to do chapter selections. Right. But if you start from one, it just keeps going. It's not yeah. like it'll end after the chapter and you have to select the next one. Right. The story just continues until you decide to go to another chapter. Well, I'm trying to get the other missions out the way. Then I go do the hard. <laughs> I'm trying to get them out right, the way. Right, now that's what I did. I, I finally I got up to level 50. I did all of them. I'm going to fight Bahamut now. Yeah. Um, I took one pass at him, and I was doing okay until he did Mega Flare, and so I got to figure out how to get around Mega Flare. But no, um, speaking of going back to the uh, Harbingers of Faith, uh, Fate, a uh, Fate, sometimes uh, Fate. They, someone pointed out the three Harbingers are Tifa, Cloud, and Barrett. Right. And I, I looked at it and I said, "Oh yeah, I see yeah, it." Yeah, they now. fight similarly to, to yes to those three characters. To the three characters, that's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, this is. This was thought out. This, this, they did a great, of uh, the great time, the great thing of plotting. The dialogues was sometimes dialogue was they were good for some characters, but some characters just was not. I mean, yeah. the original game, the you know, the yeah. dialogue was sometimes kind of weird, but you know, it's they wanted to stay true to the original, so they kept a lot of the dialogue or at least the ideas of the dialogue. Dude, if I, they changed, I it. ain't gonna sit there and lie, man. But there were some uh, that were like word for word, word for word, yeah. yeah. As someone who's played it so many times, I would know, but you know. But I mean, like the the Barrett and Marlene, how much he cared for his daughter. I'm like, damn, that's so so sweet. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I felt bad when they when he died. I'm like, oh fuck no! <laughs> like, oh damn no! And that's the kind of investment and I had I, in the game. That's what it is: killing the black guy. Killing the black guy, right? <laughs> Kill the black guy. That's how it works. That's like, dude. Come on. That's man. what I loved about the. Um, I don't know if you saw that. What was that movie called? Shit. It was the one with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence where they were in space. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah, and he, he like, woke up, and um, then he woke passenger. her up. Yes, Passenger. Yeah, Passenger. And then yeah. it, I love it how in that movie they managed to wake up Lawrence Fishburne, or he wakes up somehow. <laughs> so it's like they – and then they kill him. So it's like they still in this movie that only has two, two people two. in it. They still yeah. managed to kill, kill the, the black guy. Yeah, like, really, dude? <laughs> Like wow, really, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just side no, track. I'm glad you side track. That's cool. <laughs> Having on my podcast every so often, yeah. But uh, as a rating for a game, I'm gonna give it like um, one through five. Mm-hmm. I think I give it a five. Oh yeah, totally five. I give it a good five, man. That's it. That's my rating. I give it a five, five thumbs up, five stars. How you want to say it? Because like I said, I was very um, amazed. It was a fantastic. So it was some fantastic storytelling, man. Because like I said, it had you engaged. Mm-hmm. It really did, man. I mean, it, and like you said, it, once you do action scenes and it goes right straight into the cut scenes, it was just flawless. It was just flowing. Right. And, you know, he was so invested into the story. And I really what I like about the game, man. I have not played. This is the first time I enjoy playing the game, minus the damn <laughs> dark game. But, well, yeah. yeah but, but Some I, of the side, side quests and yeah. stuff can be a little. Yeah. And, but, like I said, but like I said, it was it's an enjoyable game to play. I'm going to play it some more. I got time. Hell, yeah, we got nothing else to do. <laughs> you do. I still have work. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That's why it took me a little while to, to finish it. But, but I have had that. I started back going back to work. So I'm starting back going to the houses now. Mm-hmm. But I'm going twice a day. So I still got time to do the week anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, everybody, um, if you have not played Final Fantasy VII Remake, go out there and buy it. Trevor and, I, Trevor and I really endorse this game. We love it. Mm-hmm. You know, he already 75% into the game already, trophy-wise. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe yeah. more. I only have like five or six more left, I think. I, I think you're 75, dude. I check. I'm, I'm trolling you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is about 75, I guess. I'm trolling you, man. Yeah, just because some of them are worth more weight-wise because right. they're rarer. Right. 
So, guys, if you're a fan of role-playing games or you're a fan of some action, um, some drama, it's some drama in it, you know, or some great graphics, man, it's just, this is the game for you. I highly recommend you picking up Final Fantasy um, VII Remake. What about you, Trevor? Oh, absolutely. Pick it up. Buy it. Play it. <laughs> Obsess over <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah but I'm a, before before I get off, though, it's the crazy part is when I got my, my – um, game i got the deluxe edition right and it gave you the um cactor and chocobo um material uh, yeah for the summons for the summons mm-hmm. but if you get the other one you get another one you get three of them and you get the cactor chocobo and the um carbon car um carbuncle carbuncle yeah well there were a couple different types it was like i think I think you got all of them if you bought like the super deluxe version, like the one that came with the, the statue, statue and everything. Yeah. You got all of them. You got Carbuncle, Chocobo, and then Cactuar automatically came with it. Right. Um, and then if you ordered from like Best Buy, I think you got the Chocobo and, and the Cactuar and the Cactuar. Yeah. Well, the Cactuar I said yeah, comes with it. Well, the Chocobo they emailed it to me. Once right. I, um, and then I was it. supposed to get. Well, I was supposed to get the Chocobo as well, and then a, a Sephiroth theme. I think you were supposed to get something else, or maybe no theme. I didn't get no theme. Except Amazon fucked everybody over. No, we it, didn't get any of that. Did you ever get the um the theme the theme uh, the Final Fantasy theme from the demo? Yeah. From the demo. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You just go download that if you've downloaded the demo. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, Amazon screwed over everybody who pre-ordered it and were supposed to get those codes. They didn't send them out. And then if you but you asked them about it, they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. You know, we didn't have that. You're going to have to contact Sony about that. And it's like, Sony doesn't have control of that. You guys have control of that. Okay. You were supposed to send us the codes, but they dropped the ball and so they didn't have anything. So Thanks. because of that, I'm like, Double thinking whether I'm ever going to pre-order anything from Amazon again. Do I always do my there, best buy? There right? isn't anything in the Saints Row three, the third remaster. Right. But I went ahead and I ordered it from Best Buy anyways. <laughs> I said, "Fuck Amazon, I'm not getting it from them." <laughs> I will only buy my Blu-rays and DVDs from Amazon. I won't buy my video games. I buy my video games from Best Buy because I'm a reward member. I get points. Right. So that's the reason why I do it. But anyway, so Trevor. How can people reach you on your social media? You can get me on Twitter at, at Toshiro no Ronin. And you can check me out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Just Being Amos. Also, check out JustBeingAmos.com. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace. Just being a